Episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on December the 17th, 2019. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, the notably noble The Caffeine Rage. On today's show, things are going to be a little bit different. We're going to be discussing the 2019 Game Awards winners. We're going to be talking about Sony's controller add-on that turns any DualShock 4 into a high-end gaming pad, at least according to them. We'll be having a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. Well, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, on my end, you're breaking up badly right now. <laughs> well, that's no bueno. Um, if that continues, I guess I can try restarting Discord. My thing is green. My ping is lean. And you sound perfectly fine on my end. Yeah, I am seeing a bit of a high ping tonight. You mean to the server? Yeah, to the server. Yeah, so let's do a little bit of management and move us there. Oh, that boots Craig out. That's good to know. (laughs) No, Craig, come back. Yay, we got Craig back. Yeah, well, that knocked a good 30 off the uh, uh, lag. Yep. And hey, you got some editing to do, but let's be honest, you're not going to edit this out, so hello, folks. <laughs> hello. How are you doing today, Rage? Uh, I'm doing all right. It was, well, pretty, kind of a boring day, actually. A lot of uh, rain, a lot of cold weather, a lot of gray, a lot of dull, and a lot of waiting on packages from UPS. Yeah, fair enough. Honestly, not, not too too different for me aside from you know having to talk to a lot of people for majeb i did sacrifice my ears to the gods of screeching for my kids uh yearly christmas program at school you know they do make some pretty uh yeah neutral colored earplugs yes they do just you know scratch your ear slip one in <laughs> Silence. This year wasn't as bad as last year, so I will take a silver lining where I can. But, I mean, you know, if you think my singing is bad, imagine, you know, 40 kids between the ages of four and nine singing. It's not good. Granted, maybe I know at least a couple of people in our audience are parents, so you know exactly what I mean. We shall commiserate. <laughs> For everyone else, it's terrible. Don't don't ever let anyone talk you into into going, unless they promise you sex or money. That would be okay. Well, then you're just a whore. Which uh, for, which is yeah, not new for you, Jared. Yeah. Gotta earn a living. Yeah, and five bucks is five bucks, right? Indeed. So, uh, the reason that we're not doing any games we played this week is that other than the Game Club game, we haven't played any games this week that are new. Uh, or, um, we did play... 
yeah, of note, I should say. I mean, I had a busy weekend, uh, went to my girlfriend's niece's uh, archery tournament. So, yeah, that, that ate up a, a bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, but there was no screeching, though. No. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, if there was screeching, that means somebody missed or hit, depending on your point of view. Yeah. We uh, we played a little more Halo Reach, but I don't know if we'll talk about that again until maybe we beat it. Yeah, but, um, so... Uh, I guess moving on to our first news topic, question mark? <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about the 2019 uh, The Game Awards. Discuss mm-hmm. the winners. They uh, had the show last Thursday, and it's Thursday, December the 12th. So in between two recordings, um, although we didn't even mention the nominations prior, I don't think. I mean, you and I briefly discussed it, but... Yeah, but we never went in depth on it because there was not a lot of news and it was just going to go down the list. And honestly, it's better just to go down the list whenever we have the winners, at least in this case. Yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about nominations, uh, the Steam Awards also is... I'm not sure if they released all the categories yet, but they've been releasing categories as well. And I've got a couple of picks on there. I nailed a couple of them. I haven't looked at what they've released so far. Yeah, I I got Disco Elysium on one of my my Disco Elysium pick. I nailed that. I figured Disco Elysium would be up there. well, Well, it's up for voting, I should say. It hasn't won yet, but the fact that I got it. Yeah. I felt good about that one. So, uh, they're doing the same thing that every other award show is doing, and they're putting Game of the Year at the top. And I think we should tackle these in reverse order because of that. I was going to ask if you wanted to do it in reverse order because they put Game of the Year at the top. I kind of get why they're doing that. People who are just headline surfing, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the one most people are interested in. So, it's like, oh, put that right at the top. They know it, and they leave. And then for the people who are really interested, you know, they'll stick around no matter where you had it. So, yeah, although, you know, going all the way to the bottom, we're looking at the VR, AR game. And honestly, I mean, this was my pick for the Valve one or for the Steam Awards. So, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the game that won VR, AR game of the year, Beat Saber. So that's good. I haven't played Beat Saber. The only game that was on the whole list that I had played was No Man's Sky, and I hadn't played it in VR. Yeah, I haven't really heard of really any of these. I think Blooded Truth, that's the spy one, which honestly I completely forgot about, but Beat Saber is kind of the no-brainer. Uh, I mean, it's kind of the most popular one out of all of this. So, mm. And let's be honest, these award shows are just giant popularity contests in the end. Usually, yeah. Uh, the next category, strategy game. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses was the winner. Yeah, which is interesting. I would say that's kind of the more niche one out of this, outside of maybe Wargroove, because Total War is a very established franchise. Tropico is a very established franchise. And Age of Wonders is a paradox game. So, you know, it has a good pedigree. Pedigree. And Anno 1800 is, well, a Ubisoft Anno game. 
Yeah. I, I realize Fire Emblem has a long pedigree as well, but it's still a Nintendo property and it's still uh, very kind of under the radar for, well, maybe for me, maybe that's the thing is that I'm looking at this not objectively and looking at this as primarily a PC gamer that really can't play Fire Emblem outside of emulation. Yeah, well, several of the most recent Fire Emblem games have been on mobile as well, although they're not as good. A lot of them are the gotcha-style game. Well, I was talking about you know, a mainline Fire Emblem game. I don't count those. Gotcha. Yeah, that's why I don't play them. Yeah, yeah and, and I don't know as much about the Fire Emblem series as I do these others, but, I mean, I, I, I have played a couple of the older Fire Emblem games. I like Fire Emblem. If Three Houses is, you know, very much like the older Fire Emblem games. I could see why it would be a winner. Um, it's they're good game series, they're good strategy game series, and they've got a lot of fun of other, uh, excuse me, a lot of fun other little things in it. Um, they've got an interesting permadeath system, relationship building. Uh, you can kind of have. It had something that made made it feel kind of like the Nemesis system before the Nemesis system was a thing. Based on the relationships that you built throughout the game, you might develop rivals or partners or even marriages in some of them. So, all in all, pretty neat. Yeah. And honestly, uh, well, I haven't played Age of Wonders yet. I ha- I do have it on Game Pass. Uh, I'm been yeah. made to try it out. And Wargroove uh, is an oddball in this as well, but Anno, Total War, and Tropico are kind of just more the same side. Do you see why they would have picked one of the oddballs, actually? So, talking about another oddball to win, uh, the sports and racing game, which, let's be honest, it's yeah, soccer and racing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro-Fueled one out of this, which is an odd one and actually got some criticism for uh, putting in microtransactions after the reviews. So, hmm. uh, the, I'm not, oh, go ahead. I'm not all that surprised that it won just cause I remember when it was announced and then released up until it, um, put the microtransaction system in huge wave of like nostalgia love. And then, um, you know, critics and a lot of them, at least a lot of the critics that I follow, we're like, I mean, it's an up an HD version of the old Crash Team Racing game, which is fine, I guess. But you know, people love nostalgia, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other ones I was up against was Dirt Race, Dirt Rally 2.0, uh, eFootball Pro Evolution uh, Soccer 2020, F1 2019, and FIFA 20. So it actually didn't, I really don't think it had that great a competition because FIFA's gotten so much criticism for being more of the same and, yep, nickel and diming. I don't know much about Pro Evolution Soccer. Dirt Rally is supposedly really good, but uh, F1 2019 has been kind of meh, from what I can tell. More of the same. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played it or followed it very much, the, the new F1 game. Uh, next up the list, score and music. The winner of that being Death Stranding. Uh, who's year. surprised? Anyone? Anyone? All right. I haven't. 
Yeah. De- the soundtrack for Death Stranding was one of the things that I heard being pretty much universally praised by reviewers. Um, so I've heard kind of hit and miss things based on what you're into for that game. But every review I listened to or watched or read was like, the soundtrack's great. So, but yeah, no surprise there. Um, although, you know, it, it did have one piece of stiff competition in Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, there was other competition, but in this category, for what's dominated, Kingdom Hearts is probably the only other real competition. So. Yeah, it's Kingdom Hearts. uh, We'll we'll get to that. Uh, But the other ones were Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, Senria Wild Hearts, which is one I've never heard of, uh, uh, Cadence of Hyrule, which is another one I don't... I actually don't recognize that one. Bubble title? Kate, no, Cadence of Hyrule is. Um, or is that the what's the, um, the? Go ahead. Uh, 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 the fight the uh, 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 entire army. No, Cadence of Hyrule is the the ah, shit. I can't think of the what's the um, get rhythm kind of. Roguelite RPG where it's like Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Yes. It's it's like that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Cadence of Hyrule is basically Zelda themed Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Yeah, and this is going to be an interesting episode because you're breaking up again. But let's go for it. All right. All right. It'll be interesting to see what the Craig recordings are like. So, role-playing game. I would say this one was the big uh, surprise for me, just going over everything. Uh, The winner was Disco Elysium. And it was up against some really stiff competition. It was up against Final Fantasy XIV, which had an expansion, uh, which that one was nominated. Kingdom Hearts III, which was, you know, waited for, for, what, a decade? Yeah. Monster Hunter World Iceborne and the Outer Worlds. So two continuations of some pretty major games, a sequel to that's been waited for for ages, and it's a continuation of a franchise that has, what, like 30, 40 games at this point? And a game that's been pretty universally praised for its storytelling, and it beat it all. I mean that's yeah that, that has to be a major upset. About, yeah, that says something about huge about the quality of Disco Elysium. I'm very impressed by that. Um, next category up. Oh, good. This is one of the ones that's uh, involves real people. So performance, uh, the best performance. It says awarded individual for voice, uh, voice acting, motion, and or performance capture. So the winner is Mads Mikkelsen as Cliff from Death Stranding. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen, big time Hollywood actor. Um, the thing that I most recognize him for was his role in Star Wars Rogue One. But I mean, he is like a career actor, so he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, other people, Ashley Birch, who was Parvati in The Outer Worlds. Courtney Hope as Jesse Faden in Control, or maybe Jess. Uh, Laura Bailey as Kate Diaz in Gears 5. 
Matthew Peretta as Dr. Casper in also in control and then Norman Reedus as Sam Porter in Death Stranding. So, yeah, so uh he beat out the main uh character in Death Stranding. That says something, huh? Yeah, I mean Mads when I looked at this cuz I did look at the nominations looking at this one I was like it's going to be either Mads Mikkelsen or Norman Reedus like Hollywood actors are very oftentimes winners in this category. I don't necessarily think, or these types of categories, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but name recognition kind of gives them a boost because it's like, well, that's, well, well, that's, well, this also isn't just, uh, you know, people's choice. This, uh, is, uh, picked by a, uh, a board that's a lot of games media. And honestly, I'm a little shocked that some more, of the mainstream uh, game players are not in this or, or wasn't pull, but uh, I mean, he must've done a, a hell of a performance. I haven't played death stranding and honestly don't really have an interest in it, but yeah. Right. I'm super interested. I'm not sure how much of that is a curiosity versus me actually being interested in it, but it's one of those things. It's like, it was so such a big deal for so long. Like I have to, experience it so at some point i'll get it and play it you just want to find out what the butt baby's about right that is very true i do and i have a huge crush on norman reedus and his butt uh definitely his butt yeah uh so you're saying that could be an ongoing crush (laughs) i see what you did there (laughs) Uh, but yes so ongoing game uh awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. I mean, Fortnite won. I mean, it. I don't really have a, that much of a problem with Fortnite winning this because they have been able to capture a player base for a long time. And they've done yeah. major events. They've uh, held at the Game Awards. They announced that they were having a event where you could watch a clip of the new Star Wars movie in game before it released for a very yeah, short period of time. They've had a, a concert in game that set a record for the most uh, attendance of a concert. I mean, it's, they've done a lot to try to keep the player base going while still really not doing much gameplay wise. So, yeah, I mean, it's still yeah. a battle royale. You're still doing the same basic thing. And honestly, I, some of it is kind of obnoxious where, you know, it's, uh, you have to deal with people that's no life to, and can build an entire city around themselves in, you know, uh, one tenth of a second, right? Yeah. So say what you will Yay, about Epic Fortnite. Games, but they, but they, you know, they're kind of the big player right now when it comes to ongoing content. The yeah, other, they certainly uh, the, have managed to stay relative. Yeah, stay stay relevant for quite a while, actually. So, yeah. uh, the other options were Apex Legends, which that fell off the map real quickly. Destiny 2, which has done okay. It's uh, done a lot better since its team release, from what I could tell. Final Fantasy fourteen and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, which... Uh, it's kind of funny. That, I mean, I'm a little shocked that we didn't see um actually warframe would have been a good uh, contender here honestly especially since they had an announcement about warframe 
at the at the thing. Right? I I mean I didn't know. I didn't I didn't watch it. Yeah, they announced the new spaceship mode. Ah, nice. Yeah, it's live, by the way. And it's a hell of a grind to get one. But that's Warframe for you. So, moving on to narrative. Indeed. So, narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. Winner for the second time so far in the show, Disco Elysium. Um, Again, you know, basically everything that you said for RPG, like, it's got some stiff competition. Death Stranding, Outer Worlds, Plague Tale, and Control uh, being its its competition. Uh, of those four, Death Stranding and, and the Outer Worlds are the, the big comp or not competition, but the bigger standouts. But Plague Tale Innocence, I heard a lot about earlier in this year um, with the type, type of storytelling that it told and sort of the time period that it told the story within. Um, Control, uh, I heard a lot of bad mediocre things about the gameplay but that the story and the the backstory and everything were really strong in that game so for disco elysium to beat them all again speaks huge uh volume a lot of praise i would say the fact that it that it beat a kojima game i mean that says that says a lot because say what you will about how convoluted head scratching and you know ass pulley kojima games can be they are very strong on their uh, narrative, and Disco Elysium beat them. I mean, that, yeah. that says a lot. So, on to multiplayer game. Indeed. For outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre and or platform. So, Apex Legends won this one. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of weird because you would think, you know, ongoing game, you know, would uh, also be here. But no, they're not even nominated. So the other options are Borderlands 3, which honestly, everything I've heard, it launched with a bit of a, a wreck, at least on PC. It's one of those times that, yeah, maybe the Epic Store is not a bad idea. You know, it's uh, beta testing. Uh, Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare, which, you know, has its monetization problems once again. Tetris 99, which is Battle Royale Tetris. And Tom Clancy, the, Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Tetris 99 is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that is a very odd but neat game. You're essentially a massively competitive Tetris. I mean, that is fascinating. And yeah, uh, and honestly, uh, I would say you know kind of the standout of odd game here, because all the other ones are just more the same, right? Yeah, for sure. And for a short time there, Tetris ninety nine was the game to beat. Uh, it was all over the place, and then it dropped off. Yeah. Uh, next mobile game. Uh, the winner of that, Call of Duty Mobile, which I have not played, and I have no intention to. Um, and it went up against Grindstone, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sky Children of the Light, and What the Golf. 
Yeah. None of these games I have heard of outside yeah, of Mobile. I was going to say, and I'm not going to play that one. I hadn't really heard of any of these, and uh, a couple of them look interesting. But it's also the fact that you know we're dealing with mobile, so you know, interesting could be a little deceiving. And right, I I, I want to take a look at some of these uh, later on, though. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at Sayonara. Um, Grindstone looks like it could be a roguelite or a hack and slash. Let me actually take a look at that one real quick. And Sayonara is not on the Google Play Store. Uh, neither is Grindstone. Or at least I can find. It's uh, Apple one only. That's This is kind of odd, isn't it? Grindstone is a match three. Oh, well. Alright, now I gotta see Scott Children of Light. Oh, hey, at least that one's on uh, Google Play. Uh, as a pre-release, it's not even out. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> of course. So, next up the list. Independent game. And it was Disco Elysium again. So that's three <laughs> for Disco Elysium. Yeah. Disco- Once again, beating Outer Wilds. Um, thank God it beat Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> uh, you have a beef with that one? I, it's, re- it's just annoying. It's a meme at this point, And I think that's the, kind of the point. Yeah. And then it also beat Katana Zero and Baba Is You. Neither which of these games I have seen. Oh, I remember I brought up Baba's You during our nominations for the Steam Awards. I think it was for innovative gameplay. Okay. I mean, at its heart, it's a it's a very simple game. Uh, it's a pusher type uh, pla- uh, puzzler. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that gameplay could quickly change based on how you rearrange things because this is the one that uh, there's a sentences in the world so uh, like in the screenshot there you can see uh, key is open and key is uh, and it's uh, you know obfuscated by the title if you move that uh, key is open you can make it where key is closed and it would automatically open up all the doors or it would do something else and it's a very interesting take on things. So, yeah. But I could definitely see why Disco Elysium's got it, because it's supposedly really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Next one up. Games Games for for Impact. impact. (laughs) For a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. Uh, Winner of this one is Gree. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. I don't think it's Gris. I think it's Gree. Um, and if I remember correctly, this is the game that's about a trans woman. I believe a trans woman uh, and sort of her journey in dealing with uh, suicidal thoughts and coming to terms with her gender dysphoria. I believe that's I don't what see is. anything about trans on the game store uh, that could, you know, hmm. That could be a twist. 
Uh, Bree is a hopeful young girl is lost in her own world, dealing with the painful experience in her life. Her journey through sorrow is manifested in her address, which grants her abilities to better navigate her faded reality. Yeah. Okay. So it, that might not be the specific stated impact. The person that I, I remember talking about it said that they got the impression that this character was trans, but maybe that's something that, you know, the character is designed in such a way where you can write any number of hardships into, and then sort of her journey of overcoming that. Um, I haven't played it, so I can't speak to that anymore concretely. Um, but it went up against concrete genie, uh, kind words, Life is Strange 2, and Sea of Solitude. Yeah, which I've heard mixed things about Life is Strange 2. It's not supposedly as good as the first. And some people are saying that they missed the point of the first one. But I haven't played it yet, so I can't confirm. Sea of Solitude is about loneliness. Kind Words is probably the most interesting one out of this. Or the oddest, I should say. Have you heard that about it? That was the one where you wrote messages, right? And then yeah. people... Yeah, you... yeah, I got to see the messages. Yeah, you write messages back and forth and talk. I mean, I've seen a few apps do the same thing, but never on PC. And this got a lot of traction because of it. And I don't recognize Concrete Genie. Yeah, I also don't recognize Concrete Genie. Uh, PlayStation 4 game. Uh, that's probably why. Um, okay. Next category. Game Direction. Awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in Game Direction and Design. So, anybody surprised on this winner? <laughs> <laughs> the winner is Death Stranding. Um, yeah. Kojima definitely directing it up. Yeah, even though I have no idea what the fuck, he directed it. He sure did. Uh, it went up against Sekiro's Shadows Die Twice, uh, Outer Wilds, Resident Evil 2, the the remake, and Control. Haven't played most of those other games. Yeah, Actually, I haven't played any of the other games. I, I mean, it's Kojima, so yeah. He's uh, basically the Spielberg of our game direction right now, right? Yeah. So, yeah, actually, that's probably a good comparison. I, actually, no, I think I would compare him more to James Cameron. Hmm. Um, does it really big every once in a while? Spends shitloads of money on technology that is supposed to be innovative, but has got a 50-50 chance of just being a gimmick. Yeah, and then uh, spends a lot of time in the ocean. So, yep. next up, uh, from uh, I'll take the next one. It's the fresh indie game presented by Subway. <laughs> uh, you know, Jared, you may want to reconsider your uh, uh, being associated with Subway right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Oh, uh, well, uh, it's Disco going, Elysium. Going yeah. on this one. <laughs> it's Disco Elysium again. Let's just get... Quickly get out of here. Or I should say the developer behind it. It was for the 
new independent studio that released its first game in 2019. So Disco Elysium won again. <laughs> yep. And they were up against, uh, once again, some pretty tough competition. Uh, they were up against Gree or Gris, uh, my friend Pedro, Outer Wilds, Slay the Spire, and Untitled Goose Game. So, yeah, I mean, some actually really good games, and then there was Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. Titled Goose Game. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't pick on it. I mean, it is a very accurate goose simulator. Because geese are dicks. Yeah, you honk a lot, and you're an asshole. Alrighty, next up, fighting game for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat. The winner, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which I have actually played, so yay me. Uh, and is it the ultimate? Against... Uh, th- this is the one that has literally the entire roster, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone. Whenever they announced yeah. it last year, they basically started off uh, you know, acting like there was going to be one or two of the uh, old roster. And then they kept going and going and going and going. It's got like 80 characters in it or something like that. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I like Smash Brothers. I've always liked Smash Brothers. Ultimate was pretty neat. Um, you know, I still play Fox, despite having all the new characters. Still play Fox. Um, it does have a really cool game mode where you do like really quick head-to-head fights against another person and it randomly assigns each of you a fighter and it's an every round eliminates the fighters so like regardless of who wins or loses the round those two fighters are now gone and it just goes through all of the fighters like that and whoever wins the most wins overall that was pretty neat because it matches last maybe a minute tops so about half an hour uh (laughs) <laughs> for the entire mode. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's randomized, so you could get different characters every time. And, obviously, you know, you're going head-to-head against an opponent, so... But the the first night that I went to that D&D thing, like, they had that set up and were playing while people were eating some pizza. And so I jumped in and I played... And I played Smash Brothers Ultimate for, like, 30 minutes. I won, though! I was like, I haven't played Smash Brothers since, uh, well, I guess I played the Wii U, whichever one was on Wii U, but that's been several years ago. And then I won. <laughs> the guy I beat, his name was Scotty. Yeah! Fuck you, Scotty. Beam this up. I actually did say that on more than one occasion. And they invited you back? Wow. They did? Well, I mean, I'm playing a sexy cat lady, and I'm really get into it so oh so basically you're just laying there uh, exposed to the world licking yourself got it pretty much and then your character is also doing something seductive if i lay here if i just lay here all right i'll stop uh it went up uh, against you, you would think Kombat after uh, after being uh, subjected to horrible singing tonight you'd give us a break but no no misery loves company my dude uh, but yeah, it went up against Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Samurai Showdown, Jump Force, and Dead or Alive 6. Yeah, Jump Force is the, uh, really interesting where it's basically all the Jump, uh, comic anime 
or uh, well, manga characters, but I think all of these are have been converted to anime at some point. So you could do some really interesting matchups. So yeah, it, not a surprise that I didn't win, considering yeah, Mario. But yeah, yeah, it, it's fun from everything that I've seen. And speaking of Mario, let's move on to the Nintendo category, also known as the family game category. Because all these are Nintendo games. <laughs> is, is Nintendo the only ones putting out family games now? Uh, quite possibly. So Luigi's Mansion 3 won, which is honestly a little surprising to me because I wouldn't think Luigi's Mansion would be much of a family game because, you know, it's about you know, Luigi being scared shitless, right? Yes. I mean, I haven't played it, but, but I, do, yeah. I think in the Luigi's Mansion series, he like has to go save Mario from all the booze. And he's got his little vacuum cleaner. He sucks up ghosts. But yeah, I mean, it was Luigi's Mansion three versus Smash Brothers Ultimate Yoshi's Crafted World, which is very cute. Uh, Super Mario Maker two and Ring Fit Adventure, which I never heard of that one. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one either. I've seen some interesting things about Super Mario Maker 2, uh, a channel that I follow. Uh, he does some uh, Mario Maker stuff, but also j- some general gaming stuff. And he's basically uh, tries to do impossible levels or do cryptography cr- uh, levels <laughs> in uh, Mario Maker. Uh, this is the same yeah. one that tries to beat Mario uh, games ca- uh, touching the fewest coins possible, that sort of thing. It's interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, I would have uh, given it to Yoshi's Crafted World just for its cutesy, uh, yeah, uh, aesthetic. Or, you know, Super uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, because who doesn't like to beat the shit out of someone, right? Very true. And we're coming up to the um, portion where we have no idea what the hell, right? Yeah, these next few categories are... Oh, sleepy. Uh, or boring related yeah boring perfect esports related so uh, if you're very interested in esports go check these out i don't i don't know any of these people or teams or anything so i'm just gonna go through and unless you want to talk about any of them just read the category and the winner yeah i mean it's kind of interesting the fact that league of legends won a couple of these esports uh, categories actually three of them uh, tells you something more about the staying power of League of Legends these days yeah um, but yeah so esports team G2 esports which is a League of Legends team for esports player Kyle Bugga Gearsdorf Fortnite well that's really uh, rude Signals Fortnite Esports host, Effie, I don't know how to say that. S-Jokes. 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 Deportier. Uh, she's a League of Legends uh, uh, shoutcaster, essentially, and beauty queen and blah, blah, blah uh, in the European League. Uh, I looked her up to see you know, what she actually does because she is a host. So. And then I'm going to jump ahead and just go ahead. Oh, no, wait, no, there's... Okay, there's a couple of those together. My mistake. So, yeah, we'll just get there when we get there. 
Um, so then the next category, though, esports related, esports game of the year, uh, League of Legends won that, and it went up against Fortnite, Overwatch, Dota 2, and Counter-Strike Go. Yeah, kind of interesting that Fortnite didn't get it, considering it's pretty big on Twitch, but, you know, it's not as big a esports, and also, Overwatch, they've really, really been pushing the, uh, the esports scene on Overwatch, and hmm, just seems like it's not doing that much. Yeah. Which uh, gets on to the oh, esports event, which uh, League of Legends Gippers? took this one again. League of Legends World Championship 2019. Good uh, for them, I suppose. Uh, then next, esports. Well, well, coach. well I was going to say uh, League of oh. Legends has more than one entry on this as well. Oh, they do? Oh, never mind. I missed Oh, they that. do. I oh, know. Overwatch League. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I misread that. Because, yeah, we saw League, right? Right. An easy mistake to make. Um, but the next category up, esports coach. Danny Zonic Sorensen. Astral's CSGO. I guess Astral's is his team. Yeah. Which, uh, to be fair... We've given more time to these categories than the award show did. <laughs> <laughs> really? Pretty much, yeah. Dang. All right. Uh, next, the content creator of the year. Again, I don't know any of these people, I don't think. That makes me feel um, old, doesn't it? I mean, uh, one of them's obviously a Fortnite player because, you know, you can see it on his shirt. And he's also the wacky one. Yeah. The winner was somebody named Shroud, Michael Ger- Gerzisk. I'm probably saying his last name wrong. Yeah, I'm just... I, I want to see this one real quick. Hang on. I'm going to look him up because I showed up before, but eh. All right. Let's do it live. The wacky guy? No, sh- uh, Shroud. Is he a streamer? Is he... Yeah, he's a streamer. That would explain it, right? Yep. And looks like uh, he does put stuff on YouTube. He and uh, pretty generic. Uh, well, he at least has cartoons, so it's not all you know him shouting. But I mean, it's basically a lot of uh, battle royale and that sort of thing. Gotcha. All right, that's the last of the weird people categories so up next community support recognizing a game for outstanding community sport support transparency and responsiveness uh, <laughs> they say the winner is destiny 2 i don't believe them destiny 2 yeah <laughs> i mean honestly uh, uh, are are, the, are any of these worthy of uh, even being nominated <laughs> Maybe Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't know, since that's an MMO as opposed to a live service type thing. I so. mean, Fortnite for them, you know, hooking people to, uh, you know, with different stuff, they're also really, really bad about just doing things and really bad about making things mysterious. And it's a good hook for kids, but it's, you know, 
and is it a community spotlight for uh, community support? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. And Ubisoft has famously had trouble. Yeah. So, yeah. That's hilarious. And then we have audio design, which goes to Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which didn't, wasn't that being criticized for some of their gun sounds, if memory serves correctly? Or was that the previous one? Honestly, all the Call of Duties kind of blend together after a while. Yeah, I have no idea. I know Halo was having problems with its gun sounds recently, but. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know it was a Call of Duty oh, game. Yeah, and it was up against Control, Death, Stan- uh, Death Stranding, Gears 5, uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake, and Sirico, uh Shadows Die Twice. So some, yep, very good games. It's just, yeah, right? Uh, it's a hard category to really dive into whenever you haven't really played these games. Yeah. Um, next, Art Direction. The winner of this category is Control. Um, I mean, I've seen screenshots and videos of Control. I mean, it's a fine-looking game, but it doesn't strike me as particularly uh, creative or some kind of achievement. Well, see, that's the thing, is that whenever we look at Art Direction and... Oh, oh you forgot. It's presented by the Samsung QLED. As... Uh, <laughs> uh, as uh, the spokesperson... By uh, Linus Text Tips. And no, I'm not joking. He was actually there doing multiple commercial spots for him. I mean, Linus, uh, uh, you know, uh, do you really need money that bad? Possibly. I wonder what Q quantum light or quantum dot light emitting diodes, QLED. Mm hmm. I don't know what QLED is. OLEDs, I know. OLEDs are supposed to have deeper blacks than standard LEDs. Well, this is blacker yeah. than black. This one is quantum, which must mean it's better. It's a quantum leap. And then Scott Bakula falls out of the screen and says, oh boy. Old reference? I, huh? I was reading about QLEDs. Oh, don't These worry. These are uh, nanoparticles uh, oh. or nanocrystals. So yeah, marketing speak, right? Nanocrystals. <laughs> They're the future. Um. Anyways, though, for I thought it was Bitcoin. Nah, Bitcoin's dead. Got to be something else now. Um. But yeah, it went up against Death Stranding, Gree. Sayonara, Wild Hearts, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening remake that they did, a remaster. Yeah, which honestly, I would have given it to that just because they went in such a weird direction, but we're still playing homage to the original game. Uh, if not, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, just kissing Kojima's ass, right? Yeah. I'm not sure which one I would have given it to. Definitely not Control. Gree. Or maybe Sayonara, but not Control. Next category, action-adventure game. Winner for that, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. And it went up against Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, 
Resident Evil 2 remake and Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening remake. Yeah, uh, well, Borderlands 3 is kind of a gimme for not doing that one because, you know, this is about uh, puzzle solving, uh, uh, combining combat with uh, uh, interesting gameplay. And Borderlands 3, it's a looter shooter. So, you know, it's just they're trying to hit bullet sponges, trying to get bigger guns. So, hmm. Death Stranding, I'm surprised they didn't do, but that has been kind of criticized with uh, being very Walker, uh, walking simulator-esque. I mean, there's not yeah. really not a really standout in this category, because you have two remakes. Control, which was, uh, as you said, panned for some of its gameplay, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of defaulted there, huh? And then we go from so it would seem. Yeah, then we go from action adventure game to just action game. <laughs> for uh for those who don't want to adventure and just have action, Devil May Cry 5 is your uh winner this time around. And it's up against uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Gears 5, Metro Exodus, Astral Chain, and Apex Legends. I mean, really anything to say here because yeah, we have once again, yet another you know, where Call of Duty's popped up. And like we've said before, Call of Duty just kind of you know, it exists at this point, right? Gears 5, yeah. uh, it's interesting that they've pulled Gears of War out. So it's just you know, Gears 5 now, which is what people are going to call it anyway, honestly. But even though I haven't played it yet, it is on Game Pass, though. I'm surprised that Metro Exodus didn't get an uh, the uh, adventure game. Because that is more of an adventure, isn't it? That that would have... Right? Yeah, because Exodus had some open world elements to it. Different ways to complete story missions. Things like that, so... Yeah, it feels like Metro Exodus is in the wrong category here. Uh, Apex Legends... Uh, well, they're still hanging on, from what I could tell. I mean, they're stable-esque. And I don't know Astral Chain. But it's a Nintendo game, right? Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Astral Chain, but yeah, Nintendo Switch game, so I haven't played it. All right, we are up to Game of the Year. So this is the final category for the 2019 Game Awards. Uh, The winner of Game of the Year, according to these guys, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Yeah, which I, I honestly don't really know a lot about it. I mean, there's... Uh, it's been passed over quite a bit. It's gotten uh, action adventure, but then it lost on a lot of other categories, which is kind of odd, huh? Yeah, but it was up against Control once again. Control, Control seems to pop up a lot as well. Death Stranding, which yeah makes sense because yeah once again Kojima, Resident Evil Remaster, which a remaster for Game of the Year, fun. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and the Outer Worlds. I mean, honestly, it feels like kind of a weak lineup. Oh yeah, super weak. There were a lot of people who like Sekiro, uh, Dark Souls fans. Um, but I hate Dark Souls, and Sekiro is even harder than Dark Souls. So no, thank you. Out of the lineup, I would have expected it to go to Death Stranding or Super Smash Brothers. 
But, I mean, there's even games. Well, last year, uh, Mario won, if I recall correctly. So, you know, it w- uh, Mario can't win two times in a row, I guess. It's-a me, Luzrio. I can't win. What, well, isn't that Wario? No, Wario says, I'm gonna win. I mean, so Control should have never been nominated Mario. for this. I mean, I'm just sitting no, here looking at this, so. and I wouldn't have put uh, the Resident Evil remake unless they really redid a, you know, it's practically a new game, which, is it? I, did, I didn't, pay, I didn't pay attention to it. So they added a bunch of stuff, fleshed out the story, um, redid all of the graphics, redid some actual parts within the story itself to clear things up. Um, I mean, they, it was a big overhaul. It wasn't just an HD coat of paint. It's got multiple endings, some of which were not in the original game. So they put effort in. Yeah. It just uh, still feels a little bit like a weak lineup. Maybe it's just the fact that they have control there, you know? I mean, honestly, the entire award show this time around, it felt kind of blah. I only watched about two-thirds of it, half two-thirds of it, and... uh, the last part of it really because uh there was several times where they would just do a, a couple reveals and then would just skip over and say oh yeah by the way this yeah uh, game one uh, uh a strategy game of the year and then uh, move on i mean strategy game that's pretty damn big but right yeah yeah i, I- I don't know how much of this being sort of lackluster is just the general nature of the show itself, with it not being quite so much sort of, air quote, prestige type stuff. Or the fact that but, we're at the end of a console generation and we're just kind of, you know, kicking the can down the road at this point, waiting for the next big thing, which, you know, we're st- they pretty much announced that we are going to have the next console generation by next uh, Christmas because they revealed the new Xbox, which looks like a giant, not a frock cutter. And some of the trailers said that the game will be on PlayStation 5 and that will be, uh, and those games will be out by Christmas of next year. So yeah, maybe it's just the fact that we're at the end of a console generation and that's just kind of putting things off, you know? Yeah, possibly. That does tend to happen every time there's a new console cycle. Yeah, which uh, it's going to make E3 really interesting. Hopefully, for once. Very thank- yeah, very thankful I'm on PC. I mean, uh, I'm just uh, really unenthused by the new uh, look of the uh, of the Series X. Because they did announce it there, and I feel like I can talk about it a little bit. It just kind of looks blah. And also... Why not Xbox Scarlet? That that would have been so cool, right? Yeah, it looks like throw uh, away all their cool names for stupid names. Yeah, it looks like uh, uh, Microsoft is joining the ranks of Nintendo, uh, picking a the worst name possible, picking the most convoluted name possible, pick the most co- uh, confusing name possible, and throw away a perfectly good code word. Because we had the Revolution, we had the Dolphin. Uh, from uh, Nintendo, uh, for the GameCube and the uh, the Wii. Right. I can't recall the Wii U's uh, code word, but uh, it had to be better than Wii U. 
And now we have the Series X. Indeed. Which is supposedly twice the volume of the previous generation. I mean, was this thing just going to be a refrigerator at this point? I mean, it's going to be like a small PC. A small PC. A small PC probably with some severe heat issues. Because, honestly, the what they showed, there was two openings on it. One at the top, which uh, had a grate over it with a green glow. And the slot for the DVDs or the whatever optical media it's putting in. Uh, Blu-rays. And that's it. There's a button. I mean, it's like a black Button. version of an uh, of an Apple <laughs> rendition of a console, really. Mm-hmm. It's a very sleek design. I mean, it's still in the prototyping stage, so... At least I think it is. I think it's just like a mock-up. No, this was the reveal. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's not prototyping anymore. I mean, they didn't show the actual product, so maybe it'll look better in uh, person. But, yeah... And they also revealed it's going to have a new button on it. It's going to have a share button, just like the PlayStation. <laughs> oh. I mean, I think that's stupid, but I mean, it, I think it's more stupid to not have a share, dedicated share button on controllers and things. True. Just because that's such a huge part of our culture now, for better or for worse. True. Should we just roll this uh, talk into the other uh, con- uh, controller-focused uh, news topic? We absolutely can. So, speaking of controllers, uh, kind of combining our talk about the reveal of the new Xbox with uh, this weird thing that Sony put out today, where they're putting an add-on uh, to their controller out that adds a couple new button or new physical buttons, and then this touchscreen on the back of the controller. What is with Sony and putting things uh, in the worst possible locations? I mean, Xbox and now Nintendo and now Xbox has this weird thing with having the worst names possible. Sony just likes to put, you know, displays and visual elements in the worst places possible. So, what the hell, right? (laughs) Yeah, I love this um, right here. Sony has officially confirmed it's launching a rear button controller attachment for the DualShock 4 controller. The aptly named back button attachment, which is supposedly real and not a goof, I love that, adds two programmable buttons to the rear of the controller along with an OLED display, yes, on the back. Uh, That's not an editorialization. They put that in there. (laughs) All to replicate a little of the high-end controller magic in the PlayStation corner. So, I have a question, and it's a one-word question. Why? Why would you put the display there, of all places? I have an answer, and it's a two-word answer. Why not? Well, I thought your uh, answer was going to be Japan. <laughs> because Japan. Uh, this is just head-scratching to me, because let's be honest here, Okay. This thing does not have a battery in it, okay? So it's going to be drawing power through that auxiliary port on the bottom of the DualShock 4 controller. And the DualShock 4 controller has by far the weakest battery in the current generation of console uh, to controllers. 
So you're drawing extra power from a controller that already is underpowered battery capacity wise for a display that you can't even fucking see. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yep. <laughs> I do like the idea of an easily moddable or customizable controller. Yeah, I do like this. The- uh, and I do like the fact that, you know, th- these are extra programmable buttons that you could essentially write a macro to. Uh, and the fact that you could change things on the fly and you don't have to have an on a screw or an on television app or you know, a display to show what profile you're using. No, you just have to turn over the uh, the controller to see the display. What? Why? Why would you do this? Uh, yeah, I assume that for the actual button positions, you get used to it, and then maybe if you just need to look at the display for something real quick. But other, yeah, it still is weird and out of place. Yeah, but here's the thing. Or here's the thing: is placed. that okay? People will say. Yeah, but you can't see the light bar, uh, and uh, that gives you information. Yeah, but Sony put a, a second revision out for the controller that puts a little mirror so that, that the light bar uh, color gets kind of reflected up and over the lip of the controller, and it's shown on the touchpad. <laughs> so <laughs> that excuse that they they know that they put these things in weird positions. And the the fact that this is the final product, where the hell were they pointing the display before, <laughs> right? You don't want to know. The, the controllers the, have no no squares too. Uh, the 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 display was uh, turned inside out and it was displaying up inside the controller, right? <laughs> and it was backwards. It was it was a mess. Yeah, and the and the display. Only displayed things in Esperanto. Oh my. <laughs> I'm familiar with Esperanto. One of my roommates in college learned how to sp- speak it. Because he was weird. <clears throat> it's just really, really strange. But this also makes me wonder if they're kind of priming gamers for an addition of something like this to the PlayStation 5 because we've only really had patents, but we don't have any hard information about the PlayStation 5 as I grab a cough drop and nearly drop my candy jar. Uh, we don't okay. we don't have any confirmation on what the PlayStation 5 is like. We have some renders of patents, but nothing that I've seen that's concrete. So part of me is just wondering if this is kind of priming things for this as an addition to the PlayStation 5's DualShock controller. Probably. A way to test the waters a little bit. And it is a cheap add-on as well. I mean, this is only 30 bucks. So, yeah, this is a pretty cheap add-on, but it's just... there. If this had a battery in it, if this had a secondary battery that... Uh, played piggyback and ran things in parallel where it would double the uh, the battery life as well. Now I would say this would be a slam dunk, but because then you get a couple extra buttons and a battery. Yeah. I mean, a, 
a lot of the accessories that you have for uh, for DualShock controllers uh, that utilize that bottom accelerate port, they're either a quick chat pad, which is what I use, that has a battery backup in it, or a power bank, because the controller's battery is shit. So, I'm just, like I said, I'm just kind of confused about this. Maybe we'll see some more information whenever this finally launches uh, in a few weeks uh, in the U.S. markets. <coughs> this will be out in so. uh, January 23rd. So, so a little over five weeks or a little under five weeks from uh, release date for the, this episode of the podcast. But it's just wow, right? <laughs> Which yeah. kind of ties back into... You know, the weird design of the Xbox, which, you know, uh, that's, you know, that, that's the best they can come up with. I, I'm I'm just, I, I was looking at the Xbox and just uh, thinking heat issues. I can't be the only one, right? Well, heat you issues knew? and french fries. Well, Xbox has always had heat issues. At least on their first go round with a console. True. Hey, but at least don't they have a little grill on top so you could you know, put a little hamburger on it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Put down some tin foil so you don't uh, get grease down in the console and use it as a grill. It's a regular old grill, mate. Yeah, George Foreman has um, nothing on them. Other than just saying, like, this is seems like a good idea overall. Yeah. yeah, first implementation is a bit odd, but you know, purchasable, quickly add-onable things to your controller. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, you just cut I mean, up all the house, so as... I couldn't really hear what you said. It'll it'll never be as good as a keyboard and mouse, but I think overall it's a good thing, giving people options. Yeah, I have to admit that there was a lot of people talking about uh, using the back, uh, the screen, which is also uh, options for buttons. Uh, as a way to move and be able to use action buttons at the same time. And I'm just thinking, wait, that's a problem? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. The glorious PC gaming master race, right? Woo! It'll be interesting well, uh, to see if uh, DualShock for Windows actually has options for this. Because if it does, that would be fun. I would be willing to get a secondary controller and have this on it. Well, that sounds like a pretty big endorsement, actually. If DualShock for Windows supports it, and it comes out and it's not shipped, because I'm planning on modifying my controller to have a bigger battery on it. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, basically, I need to open up the controller anyway uh, to swap out the charging port. So, while I'm in there, right? Yeah. One of the biggest issues on the PlayStation controller compared to the Xbox controller is that you have internal batteries. Whereas mine, just pop it out, change the batteries. I've got some rechargeable ones. Yeah, well, yeah but also I have the uh, the ability to use a battery backup. Because the chat pad that I have, it has... Actually, it has a bigger battery than the controller itself. I can just turn it on and it'll start recharging the controller while I continue to play Seamlessly. Yeah. Um, so, double-edged sword, not right? a, a bad idea. Yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah. 
So, I failed or forgot to put Community Corner on the show notes. I can add that really quickly. I uh, do want to just announce really quickly um, that the next two weeks there is no official Community Corner slash Game Night Night on Mondays. Uh, this yeah, it's something, something week, holidays. Yeah. First there's going to be Christmas, then there's going to be New Year. Um, I'm going to be traveling for Christmas. My New Year's plans got changed a little bit, but I'll probably be spending some extra time with my family or taking a, a big-ass nap or something like that. Playing my time at Portia. That's one of the biggest bright spots about these change in our plans. I can play more good video games instead of just the kind of half decent ones that I usually pick to take on my laptop on these trips. My laptop sucks. It's just old. But anyways, you know, just, just to announce that if you're listening to this on the Friday of release or close, very close to it, uh, which is the 20th, there will be no community game night the 23rd or the 30th of December. January 6th, things should be back to normal. Well, as far as things go, right, things around here, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping the connection will be better that time around because whew, I'm going to have to piece together a lot this time around. Um... It's, I'm pretty sure it's Discord, because I'm having issues hearing you sometimes, too. I don't know if it's not as bad, or if I'm just maybe better at, at listening. But you've, uh, been, you've also broken up a lot on this call. Oh, you're probably better at listening to begin with, but it's sort of like, like that scene in Wayne's World, where they're in the drive-thru. Yeah. Wayne's World. Well, that's one bonus of the uh, connection being shit. I only get, I have to listen to part of you singing. <laughs> so let me let me put Community Corner back in the show notes, and then we will run a quick discovery queue, and then I'm going to pass out in my desk chair. Yeah, but first of all, if you wish to contact us, you can do so vglpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us vglpodcast on the Twitter. Okay, now we can do the doobly-doo for the discovery queue. I got one first. Me first. First. All right, go for it. Let's see. Let me read the full title. Vampire the Masquerade Cotiers of New York. Drop. You are aware that you're putting that in the wrong spot in the show notes, right? Am I? Yep, because you did not clear out the other. Oops. Well just do that but this looks like a short visual novel-esque style uh vampire the masquerade story slash adventure and um i really like the vampire universe um so that looks pretty cool i assume that that's been released ahead of or alongside the vampire the masquerade 2 um, or Bloodlines 2. Yeah, it's interesting that it's a, uh, a fairly decently priced uh, visual novel instead of uh, a pro- more a promotional thing. Yeah. 
or more competitively priced, I guess I should say. So I got Hades as my first one up, which uh, was the first uh, uh, game to go on Epic uh, exclusivity and has now gone on Steam. And hey, it's early access. You would think that it would be you know, full release by this point, especially after uh, sucking Epic's dick, right? And having all that money. Yes. Anyway, uh, Supergiant Games, so Bastion, uh, I mean, it has a good pedigree behind it. However, it's just, it's still early access after the, all this point, after all this time, really. I mean, yeah, Bastion, Transistor, Empire, and, but if you buy before January 2nd, you get a free copy of Pyre, which is interesting. I, I may pick it up uh, when it goes on winter sale, if it goes on deep discount. I'm just not in a huge hurry for it right now. Yeah. Um, I got a game called, and I apologize because I'm probably going to say this wrong, Jinsu Sky Drift. Um, this looks like a, this reminded me a lot of Kirby's Air Ride, um, but with like little witch girls. It's a, it's a Toho Project racing game. Race down courses set in the magical land of Jinsokyu. Use the tag system to swap a rider and board. Lots of spell cards and last words. So, but it, it reminds me a lot, just looking at it, of Kirby's Air Ride. And I really like that game. So, I'm putting this on my list because it reminds me of Kirby. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, well, I got... Uh, Resident Evil 3. <laughs> so, uh, the latest in remasters. But it looks like they're adding a new asymmetric uh, multiplayer mode, a new 1v4 online multiplayer game mat, uh, game set in the Resident Evil universe as well on top of this. Which, we've seen games try to do the asymmetric uh, multiplayer and fail. See Evolve. But having it as a tacked on thing for a horror game may be uh, spot on and it does look very very good overall graphically I will admit I'm not a Resident Evil fan so hmm, right yeah um, a lot of people are looking forward to the Resident Evil 3 remake though so yeah. who knows um, alright I'm three for three right now. That never happens. So this game is called Afterburn. It looks like an arcade, uh, slightly sci-fi, voxel-esque uh, air or air flight combat game. Um, looks like he's got some simple missions, things like score attack, um, challenge, like daily challenge missions, um, short, simple storyline. Uh, Oh, no. Sorry. No storyline. My apologies. I misread that. Um, just quick, fun dogfighting action. Said so they were trying to, looks like, capture the essence of the Ace Combat series, but in a, a smaller, more compact package. So, looks pretty cool to me. It's only nine bucks. Well, it's on sale right now. Normally, it's ten bucks. Right now, it's only eight fifty. Well, I got Sernia Wild Hearts, which was uh, in the Game Awards several times for losing categories. Uh, it's Steam release. Uh, it came out uh, da, 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 uh, last Thursday. 
it's essentially a rhythm game uh, pop <laughs> or K-pop <laughs> music video simulator. It's kind of weird, actually, but it looks interesting. Uh, a pop album video game. So there you go, right? <laughs> but uh, if you're a fan of rhythm that. games, you may be interested in it. Um, four for four. Nostro or no Nos- Nostos Nostos not quite sure how to pronounce that um, it is a MMORPG uh, that can be played in VR it's calling itself cross-platform but it just looks like you can play on VR with people who are not playing in VR um, very sort of Asian um, mysticism themed MMO uh, Exploring, looks like it's exploring sites after some kind of war. And there's RPG stuff in it. Looks pretty neat. Okay, I got something weird. Uh, It doesn't look good, but what the hell, right? I've gotten a few VR titles because of Boneworks last week. So I got Hand Simulator Survival. Basically mixing Rust with Surgeon Simulator, where you not only walk around, but you also have to manipulate your hands in certain ways to be able to do things. Kind of the publisher slash developer that's uh, doing this, they do not have a good pedigree. It's just weird, but I have a feeling that it could be a beam game, so what the hell, right? Yeah. My uh, my streak is over. I've had three that were not good. What is this? Four that are not good. I got something interesting, if you don't have one. Go for it. Uh, it's very mixed reviews, so... But I got last year. Online co-op survival. Team up with four of their classmates to survive against a sixth player controlling a deadly, horrifying fiend in this evolution of multiplayer horror games inspired by classic horror stories. Now the question is, why is it uh, rated poorly? Because looks like the developer has gone silent and there's not much of a player base. So if you have friends, it could be interesting. But there's a... Well, no, it looks like there's been some patches, but there's just not been a lot going on with the game development afterwards. Or uh, actually throwing out a lot of stuff. I don't know. Uh, It looks like it was just pushed out early access, maybe. But interesting. I mean, uh, something to check out, especially if you like your uh, Left 4 Dead-esque horror. Horror survival. So I got a game called Stay Out, uh, MMO part, blah, 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 MMORPG with third-person shooter elements. Since it's based on uh, the spirit of stalking, it's an urban exploration, uh, searching and exploration mystery, mystery, abandoned, or you're an abandoned, forgotten by humanity. It looks very Chernobyl-esque. I don't know if you've ever played the game Chernobyl um, or, I guess, are familiar with the real-world Chernobyl. But it's very Soviet-looking. Uh, you mean looking. Stalker? Stalker? 
the Stalker series that takes place in Chernobyl as well? Possibly. Uh, Stalker. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, Stalker, because it's got its Shadow of Chernobyl is the title for the first one. That's why I was asking. Of Stalker. Yeah, maybe that maybe that is what I'm thinking of. Uh, but it, it reminds me of that in the visual aspect. But whereas Stalker was more first-person shooter-esque, this is MMO-related. But still, it, it, it brings out that vibe. So, I, I think it looks pretty neat. Okay, I got something odd. Not really for me, but I think of I can think of one person that would definitely be into it. Onset. This is a sandbox game. Onset is a sandbox, open world multiplayer sandbox with with no without predefined goals. Create and host your very own experience in Onset using Lua scripting functions. Whether it's role play, cops and robbers, or classic free roam, or just enjoy different game modes created by players. So essentially, this is trying to capture some of the uh, magic from Gary's mod. But with a uh, with it built from the ground up to support some more role play and gameplay modes uh, from the outset, it does look like they're playing a very long early access uh, run. I mean, it's interesting. It's very interesting, actually. I'm not seeing anything else about this company though, so that could just be you know, this could be their first ambitious title that they never finish. Or what, but, uh, right? Uh, so, oh, well, I was going to say, uh, Gary's Mod hasn't really had a successful uh, spiritual successor, so maybe this could be it, right? Possibly. Is this a mobile game that's got a PC port? Warhammer, Chaos, and Conquest. I guess I'll, since I'm going to talking about it for a second i'll drop a link in here it looks like a mobile title but that doesn't necessarily mean it is warhammer chaos and conquest oh sweet baby jesus that's too many results narrow it down uh that would be yes Okay. Let's just put it this cool. way. Typing in that title with uh, mobile. Actually, this looks familiar. I think I may have played this at one point. Or seen it. I think I've seen it. Well, it's free to play. I might check it out at some point, but it doesn't look like a game that'll stick with me long term. Well, uh, well... Right. Good for Tom Killing pay to win. A lot of pay to win. Brutally pay to win. Uh, Nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> uh, so I got Virgo versus the Zodiac. Dethrone the Zodiac. Revive the Golden Age and purge the heretics that swarm the galaxy is Virgo, the Queen of Purity. <laughs> This is a very, very tiny, tiny game. There's only a handful of reviews. But 
it actually has a kind of a charming art style to it. It has a very, uh, like, in between Atari and Nintendo Entertainment System graphic style. But then they have the very <laughs> uh, modern-esque uh, uh, portraits for uh, cutscenes. So it's interesting. And it looks like it's been pretty well-received overall. Uh, with people saying that it reminds them of the old Mario RPG games. So, yeah, it looks interesting. It's a something to check out if you're into that sort of thing. A sci-fi fantasy JRPG inspired by Mario and Luigi RPG series. So, there you go. And the Mother RPG series. So, Earthbound. This could get some weird shit. <laughs> um, all right. I'm through my entire queue. My last. I got two more after this one. I got Jamestown okay. Plus. Just... Not much to talk about here. It's a HD remaster of uh, Jamestown, which was a pretty decent uh, top-down, uh, uh, tw- well, not twin stick, but top-down shooter. Looks like uh, they have added proper co-op though, which the original didn't, if I recall correctly. Uh, new, uh, two all new handcrafted levels, uh, set on Phobos and Deimos, uh, the moons of Mars, new ships, countless improvements, large and small, uh, with a lot more weapons as well. So yeah, I mean, just basically bigger and better. And it looks like the owners of Jamestown get 73% off to be, uh, their launch week. So that's actually tempting for sub five bucks. So I actually had fun with it. I don't think I ever beat it, though. Uh, that looks like shit. And, well, that's just, that's porn. I mean, that's straight up porn. <laughs> Yay, porn. The internet is for porn. Porn. Uh, thank you, Avenue Q. You're welcome. Um, so was that the, you? that was the last thing in your queue? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, just poorly rendered well, tits. Yay, tits. Um, so I'm going to say, hey, Rage, hit him with the socials. Oh, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me over on YouTube, Gaming with Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Gaming with CR. Or you can be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage, there as well. You've been? Gaming Psychologist. <clears throat> you can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist. On Twitter, at JMA4707. And uh, you can be friends with me on Steam by sending a friend request to jarthur4707. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, as I just punch my mic, <laughs> I'll just redo that one, and you could uh, just leave the uh, failed one in, right? Sounds good. If you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is connection difficulties. <laughs> connection difficulties, because it's been a tough one to understand you more so than usual this week. Yeah, it's gone both ways for sure. Yeah. But say lovey. Yeah, it's Craig recording. I assume is going to be pretty useless tonight. So hopefully we don't have any other issues. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Because, uh, basically, we won't have one this week. We'll have Franken content. Because, damn. All's well in, 
Yeah. Even though it sounds a little bit better now. Uh, quite the way to end the uh, our final recording of the year, isn't it? Because we have a couple canned episodes to round out the uh, year to come back into 2020, which is going to be a shitstorm. Indeed. Next week, you're going to have our prepared episode that is our Christmas special, which I suppose doesn't get too Christmassy, honestly. Uh, and then after that, we're going to have a Franken bonus content episode. Well, let's be. We've got a, I was going to say, let's be perfectly honest on the Christmas episode. By the time that releases, I think everybody will be sick and fucking tired of Christmas. That's true. Fuck Christmas. Bah humbug. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you were saying uh, the next episode. Yeah. So the the pre-recorded one for the Christmas special. And then after that, uh, we have got an ass load of backlog of content that's bonus slash Franken content. So we're going to run a a Franken episode. And then after that, we'll be back to normal. Uh, Starting January the 7th, we'll be recording. And that week's episode will be a normal one. Uh, No, it won't. Well, it'll be normal for us. No, it won't. It'll be a Game Club episode. Exactly. Is that the... That's what I'm trying to say. It's not a normal episode because it's Game Club. Well, I think of Game Club, though, as part of our normal shtick, but I see what you mean, so fair play. It, no, it's our abnormal episode. <laughs> Plus, hopefully by then, you know, uh, maybe by, you know, uh, the 21st, we'll actually have some news to talk about because January is already damn, always damn slow. It's kind of funny uh, just looking at this because... We have the 7th, which will be Game Club, the 14th, which will be the VGO Awards. We'll have one normal episode, then we're back to Game Club. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ah, well. It'll just be a good time. Yep. A uh, good time for some, at least, right? It'll be a good time for us. I hope. Yeah, it's kind of funny because you were teasing the uh, package last week, and uh yeah, I haven't been able to get it because it rained all day today, so <laughs> I'll have to wait till next year to find out what the hell you sent me, if I share that at all or remember it. Well, hopefully you get it tomorrow and you enjoy. And you broke up there. Or hopefully you get it tomorrow and <laughs> And you enjoy. Oh no, I should be should I be worried? I, I'm worried. You should always be worried with me. It's just a pack of dicks, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Surprise. <laughs> well, damn. There, there goes Christmas for you. Big bag of dicks. All right, buddy. Take us home. Well, if you wish to contact us about this absolute madness, you can do so via podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or just tweet to us VGL podcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons are to blame for this absolute madness. You can find out more at patreon.com slash podcast, or you could go to our Podbean, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the show notes, the RSS feed, links to all our stuff online, or you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. 
Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and our Discovery Key music is doobly do by the same artist. You can find his work over at ecomputech.com and... As always, as is low, blah, 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 blah. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to do that again. <laughs> as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Well, bye now. Uh, see you next year. Bye.